Welcome to the Mind Talks podcast. You're with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest today is a sprinter. They competed at the London and Rio Olympics. In addition, he has competed in multiple European and World Championships. His current discipline is 110 meter hurdles, but has also competed in the 100 and 200 meters. Our special guest is Matthias Bula. Nice to have you on, sir. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. Good, 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 good. So we've got a tradition and we really like to take things back. So can you think of your first living memory playing or watching a sport? What was your first living memory? So I was watching sport like my whole life, but a very big emotional memory I had from the Olympics in Atlanta when uh, Morris Green and Michael Johnson were running. And I was like, celebrating on the on the tv in front of the tv and uh, i really want to be like them because they are so powerful so fast so yeah that's that's what really really give me a lot of power for my event and then you know i did track and field and i think you need you need heroes to start it's very good if you have heroes because then you you try to be like them and and train hard (laughs) that's my first childhood memory for sure so I was 10, 10 years old, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, because I think for myself, when I was young, Michael Johnson running at, um, in Atlanta, I think even Gothenburg, but yeah, yeah, um, running, and it just makes you think, wow, as a kid, you're thinking, I want to be like them. Yeah, 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 it was such amazing. And his sprint style was very special. <laughs> he was yeah. running like very, his shoulder was very bad and, and didn't lean much. So it was everyone, very, everyone wanted to run like that. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and actually, I met Michael Johnson a couple of years ago when I was training in Phoenix and yeah. made a picture. And that was very, very cool <laughs> to see a guy like brilliant. him. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And um, when, when did you first get into um, athletics? Um, when I was seven years old. So my neighbor asked me if I want to do track and field. And I said, sure. Why not? So, you know, as a kid, you don't think about too much. You just said, all right. And then yeah. I was going to him to the track. And yeah, I stayed. And uh, in the beginning, I, I didn't train much like, you know, like a normal kid two times a week. Yeah. Um, but then I got, when I got older, I was like 17, 18. Then I switched to another club and then I really focused on track. So until I was 18, I just did it for fun. <laughs> okay. For a large chunk of us in the UK, we know Germany for their football and, you know, how brilliant they are and have been uh, for a long, long time. So can you just talk to us a little bit about Germany's relationship with um, track and field? Um, So there's a big tradition in track and field for sure, especially hurdles, sprints, throwing. We are still very good in throwing. So... um, People in Germany always like to watch track, even when the support as a track and field athlete is not so good comparing to football. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, people like track and field and we have many, many small clubs and many kids do track and field and we also have bigger clubs for, for competition. So since, since I started track, uh, everybody likes it. Everybody likes to run in Germany. Everybody likes to compete. So... There's definitely a tradition, yeah. 
and it's cool they they need to do it and especially you know training young kids i think it's it's very important especially these days because too many kids just playing computer games and sitting at home yeah. <laughs> and that's that's you know that's cool for maybe a couple hours but not all day long exactly so it's it's i like track and field a lot because there's so many different events when i was a kid i did like i don't know like 10 different events i also did um decathlon i did mm. even pole vault and wow. stuff like that not well but i did it <laughs> so i think the the, the 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 different events are very fun for for everybody to do yeah and even though you tried all the different events did you naturally gravitate to the sprint events um mainly because of your ability or was it also because of um obviously when you watch athletics when you're younger watching michael johnson watching morris green I think it was more like randomly. So uh, first I did, I did like, like decathlon and all events. Then I was the high jump a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I was cool too. And, but then I did sprints, but um, yeah, I got faster and faster. And you know, if you have success in, in sprinting, you, yeah, you want to do it. You, you, you like, like to run. And like I said, I switched to a bigger club when I was like eight, 17, 18. As a sprinter, and but in this club there was a hurdler, and I was like, hmm, hurdles are cool too, but I never trained it. <laughs> so I just started, and my coach said, hey, you you have potential, and then I was growing into it, and then I started hurdling, got better and better year by year. Still did the one hundred and the two hundred, because yeah, you you as a hurdler you also do a lot of sprint training, but it was actually totally randomly that I started hurdling. <laughs> In the early stages, can you just talk to us about, you know, your feeling? Was it just something that you was doing? Was it just a hobby? And when did it, when did a transition come where you started saying to yourself, yeah, maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously? Mm -hmm. So when I was young, I was always like to run against my friends. <laughs> it was always fun. Everybody asked, do you want to race with me? <laughs> I want to race you, <laughs> you know? Um, but I never took it very serious, you know, it was just like to do, to move around. And I also played football a couple of years. Yeah. But I remember when I was like 16, probably. Yeah, 16. I was running 11-1 on the 100. Yeah. And I was just like training two times a week on a mm. dirt track wow. without lifting, doing anything, like not training super hard, just, you know, like <laughs> I wanted to. Mm. And then one of my friends, actually, he trained with me a couple years before. Uh, he went to this bigger club and he told me, hey, you need to go there. You, you will, be get, will be better and you will run faster. And I was like, hmm, that sounds good. Um, I guess I want to try it. And that's, that's when I, my head switched that I have potential, that I have talent. And then the, directly the first year in my bigger club was very good. I was running... Um, 10 nine, so the first time under 11 seconds on the 100 and that's definitely something special and then i was like all right i will really really push now and 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 give all everything i have all the effort and i want to want to uh, be stronger because i was very weak very light no <laughs> muscles so i have to do a lot of squats and then it was just like a crazy journey actually i i never thought that i would make it to the professional stage or to the olympics because like I said, when I was a kid or like a teenager, nobody saw my potential. Like I was just like a, a really, really below average athlete. 
But yeah, like I said, when I was running 10.9 and then I start learning the technique over the hurdles, I just got better and better. And then after like four years of very, very hard, consistent training, I uh, was like, um, yeah, top top five in Germany. It, it kind of it shows because you hear with a lot of athletes, you hear about the journey when they were younger and how good they were when they were younger. But then it also shows you that you should never give up because some people blossom a lot later some people when they're 16 15 they're not doing that well and then later on they just like all of a sudden a split a split happens and then they end up performing yeah. at a high level totally true yeah yeah and then how how was it for you um switching club because i know at that age it can be difficult um switching club having a coach how, how was it for you at that time yeah, so this was not so difficult because, like I said, my one of my best friends switched yeah. to club two. So I directly, you know, I went, we um, we went there together and I just asked, hey, can I join the group here? And they said, yeah, sure, why not? You know, you're, you're an athlete, you, you're okay, we like you, so you can just mm. start training. And um, the beginning, but then, you know, from switching to training two times a week to five times a week, that's like a big difference mm. for the body so i was definitely very very sore and when we did like longer longer runs i was definitely totally exhausted and my body has to get used to first for for sure but yeah when like i i remember so so like like was yesterday when my coach first told me you know matthias your potential is very very high and if you put all the effort in you can probably be like top top five in germany or top 10 in germany or compete at the national championships and i was like wow not nobody told me that that i have potential and that really went to my heart and um yeah it's it's still it's still it's still crazy for me that that everything was working and um yeah then i just just pushed out and you know when you just start track you have so much energy and um, I also had a very good um, training partner who was already at the national stage at the youth age. So I learned from him a lot. <laughs> Mindset, yeah. uh, to train very hard, to do the right stretching. And I was just trying to, to be maybe better than him or like as fast as he was. And um, that was very important. I think you always need better, better athletes around you to look up to and then you can really really push and develop develop really good as a track athlete with regards to your training partner what was the biggest lesson that you learned from your training partner um i think in my younger age like when i like i said i was training two times a week i was definitely a little lazy <laughs> i <laughs> i didn't like the pain you know when you're running yeah. and you're running longer yeah. it hurts it yeah. hurts a lot yeah and and this guy he was so motivated and was pushing like five times a week all out and i was like wow and and then i was just trying to to keep up with him and that's definitely the biggest the biggest lesson because when you're younger you really need to to have this 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 feeling to to push yourself every every day um but if if you have a goal 
um, then it's it's getting easier. And then we pushed each other in training, and we're running together. Every every like every training was actually a competition <laughs> between yeah. us, and um, that that was helping a lot for me to just to to getting faster year by year. That's you always hear with um with groups the groups that like push each other they're the ones that you see a lot of their athletes all coming to the top at the same time because they've got that level that high level in training that allows yeah. them to, to to put that out on the track yeah yeah because even when you're a professional athlete you always have days where you're like super tired or you're sore from the day before and sometimes it's it's hard to motivate because you know you get up your legs are hurting, your back is hurting, and you go to training, but then there's somebody who's already ready. So mm -hmm. he's like, okay, let's race today. How are you feeling? And you're like, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just pushing, so you don't think about too much and just want to keep up and other way around too. So it's very, it's, it's very, very cool. It's always a good atmosphere often in, in, in track and field clubs. And like later, late, later in my career, I was I had the opportunity to train with Aries Merritt. He's the Ooh. world record holder. <laughs> and yeah. like, wow, like I was very, I was very blessed. And mm. I trained with him like five wow. years yeah. because I always knew I need to have the best people around me to really develop. Mm. And um, it was working fine. And yeah, the groups are one of the biggest, biggest thing in, um, in track and field for sure. Or like in every, every sport. And especially in America, they have they have awesome groups. It's actually crazy. Like I think one time I was on the track with five athletes who are running under ten seconds. So, <laughs> wow. so these guys and then me. I was like, wow, <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, one of the things that we we haven't spoken about too much um, on our episodes is about goal setting, and in athletics. It is so so key um goal said so can you talk to us about the process do you write things down is it in your head so take us through the process of goal setting um actually my first coach like i said when i was like 18 19 he always um um wanted that we we talk about our okay. season goals so at this time i was writing it down um but afterwards i didn't i didn't write it down but i talked to my coach you know i want to i want to run this time or i want to want to be stronger or want to be like my my goals in in everything i do like in sprinting in in hurdling in maybe technical things or or lifting i always have like like small goals so i don't i don't go into the season and want to say you know i want to run a personal best or i want to run I want to want to be national champion. It's it's always easier to have like short term goals. You always have a little bit of long term goals, but you don't think about too much about that because I think it's not very good for the mind to just think about crazy times you want to run. Um, you have to think about the next day or the next training. What do you want to improve? Um, in general, like your goals always change. Definitely, you know we want to go be faster, but it's also if you reach a specific level, you have to to be better at like specific technical things or like like you do new lifting stuff just to put the body in another challenge. And it's it's very important to have goals all year long. And yeah. yeah, especially the short term goals are important. And for me, it's always when I when I start training and I start heavy lifting, I always know okay. 
last year I was lifting like five times, maybe 100 kilos. So maybe this year I want to lift five yeah. times, 110 kilos. So I think it's, it's very important for the motivation for sure. Okay. Yeah. My, my next question is kind of a double question. So the first part of it is, do you suffer from nerves before you compete? And if so, how did you handle the nerves when you were comp competing at the trials for the Olympics? Oh, you mean like the, yeah. the mindset before the, yeah. the national trials? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I can actually tell a story about that. Um, 2016, I was going to the nationals. It was the last chance for the Olympics. There at this year, 2016, there were the European Championships and there was the Olympics in Rio. And before the nationals, I didn't run fast enough. So I was running 13.6. And I think the, the time I had to run was 13.45. Yeah, 13.45. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have anything. And I knew I need an awesome race to qualify for the Olympics. And yeah, I definitely suffer. <laughs> it's it's like not in a negative way, but I'm very nervous. I'm mm -hmm. always nervous before races, but I was very nervous because I knew that's my only chance for for qualifying for the Olympics. And um, but in general, so I really try to not to be like super focused. I wanna, I knew what I want. But if I'm not reaching my goal, my life is still going on. <laughs> so nothing changed. But I'm, in general, I'm very emotional and motivational person. So I always go to the drag and just push as much as I can. And uh, even if I run slow, I'm still telling myself, you know, I gave everything I had. And um, at this time, 2016, I had an awesome heats, heat run and a, a awesome finals. I won the national championships and qualified for the Olympics in Rio, like you said in the beginning. So that was definitely crazy. And I remember like when I was going to the finish line and I saw the time and like the, the guy in the stadium said, yeah, that's the Olympic standard. And he was running so well, a national champion. And then, you know, directly <laughs> interview on TV live. And yeah, that's, that, that's actually crazy. But I think that's the reason or one of the reasons why you do the sports. You know, you put yourself under a lot of pressure. But if you're successful, like that gives you so much, you will never forget in your life. And I had also many, many races where I was really bad. Maybe sometimes I was injured, sometimes I did a technical mistake. And um, there are always bad times, but always good times. But as an athlete, you always should remember the good times and forget the, like the bad races and uh, when you suffered and when you're like sad. So. But 2016 was a very good memory because I it was like the last race I was able to qualify and I did it. <laughs> before before your races, how do you keep yourself focused? So I think across all sports, there was a stage where the majority of of people um, <laughs> would have Beast by Dre headphones <laughs> just to keep them focused. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have that small minority of people that you know just they didn't have anything what where did you stand did you have to have headphones or were you somebody that liked to soak up the atmosphere did you need to speak to your team um yeah how did you just keep yourself focused actually i don't listen to music <laughs> 
because I often I did it in the past, but then I felt like after, yeah, that I always have in my head this music instead of focusing on my race. So I just mm -hmm. was like you said, soaking the atmosphere. Yeah. And in general, um, I was always super nervous, like the day before the races and in the morning before I was racing. But when yeah. I starting to warming up, you know, and feel the track, put the spikes on, see the hurdle, do my drills. Yeah. Getting ready to race, then I'm not not like I'm probably a little bit nervous, but not very nervous anymore because I'm in my tunnel. Like I'm just in my all right. This is my track. There are my ten hurdles, and now I I just race. Um. Yeah, and I was always very self confident. Um. Yeah, this I don't know. It's probably a little bit my personality, but also my my coaches and. All the people around me who who often told me, you know, you you are such like a great athlete. You you can do it. You can win this race. And and yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why I won like totally eight times the nationals. Um, I was always close races, but in my mind, I was very often sure that I will win. <laughs> I just I just knew that I I don't know. I felt it, and um, I also have it in in my head this strong mind i need to win um it's not always working for sure but yeah. at the nationals i i i really had had good races and that that's very important that you're self-confident that you're in your tunnel you don't look left you don't look right you don't care who's racing to you or uh, next to you you just focus on yourself and then most of the time it it, it works yeah and i think that's what makes some of the some of some athletes um great is the the fact the belief believing that you're going to win and yeah. then actually executing that because that having that confidence could have so much of an impact on your performance yeah and, and often like people telling you know just believe in yourself and then said okay i try to believe in yourself but that's not the key you really have to believe in yourself you cannot yeah. try it <laughs> you believe in yourself you don't believe in yourself and that's that's mentally definitely struggling and you also need need uh just good people around you that's that's very important you need to be happy in your life you need like a good family you need good friends you need a good coach just people with a very positive mindset and that that's really really helpful to to reach your goals for sure <laughs> Matthias, i'm absolutely fascinated about you know you being eight time national champion so i want to talk to you about um being f the period of being so champion national champion five to national champion eight and one to four obviously you know you know you're getting into the the role you know you're getting into the um the the, the tradition of of winning things you get into the routine rather into the routine of winning things but my absolute fascination with athletes is when they really get used to winning how do they maintain those standards so that's why i really want to talk about being your your titles from five to eight you've done it four times how do you stop yourself from just dropping a level back and then just you know finishing second or third how do you maintain those standards that's a very, very good question <laughs> um so i think for me what really put me in another in another gas another another engine was that I switched again my clubs. So I went 2013 to America, Interesting. Yeah. like I said. 
I was going when I was 2013. I was already four-time German champ or five-time, four-time German champ. And then, yeah, I switched coaches because I felt like my coach was was good in Germany, but I need another impact, and I want to train with like said world-class athletes. Um, and in I had the opportunity to train in Phoenix, Arizona, at Alp Altis with uh, many world-class athletes. Absolutely amazing. I was training with Aries Merritt. Andre de Crassi, Amir Webb, so all this, this crazy sprinters, this medal winners at the Olympics. And to learn from these kind of athletes and to have like a very similar training program was very motivating for me. And um, yeah, these this coaches, they are just like on another level. And they, they gave me the, the trust that I um, can still develop um, as a little older athlete. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was definitely a game changer for me. And I also, um, in the beginning, I struggled more with injuries. Um, you know, as a hurdler, you always have <laughs> a little bit trouble with your with your body, with your muscles and joints. But uh, it got definitely a little better. And then I had my biggest success 2015 when I was 11th at the World Championships. And uh, I think I wouldn't reach that without switching my coach and going to America. For five years because their training programs and their facilities their mindset is so so professional that i just yeah was able to put myself in another gear and i think that was the main reason why i won another three times the german that, that is it's so um interesting that you've mentioned like the switching switching coach at that time because i think one of the main things one of the most important things for athletes is making a change, not waiting for something to happen to make a yeah. change, not waiting for the for something negative, <laughs> making a change when you're at the top of what you're doing. Because if you remain stagnant, then you're not going to push on to another level. Yes, yes, you. It's it's very important. I think, especially training with um, yeah. faster, faster athlete around you is always very, very positive, but. There are also like examples where where athletes was uh, were yeah. switching coaches and it didn't work at all. So you also need like a little bit of luck and you have to be sure that this is the right coach for you. But in 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 my case, it was working well directly the first first year after going to America. I was always going seven months to America, then I was going back to Germany and compete there in Europe. And um, I was running fast directly, but uh, it's like I said in uh, with the risk takers. Sometimes you need to take a risk, and um, for me, you know, I was living at home <laughs> at my parents' house my my whole uh, life, and then I was started going to America, the <laughs> so first time by myself, and um, it was it was cool, and I liked it, and I was I was trusting um, Andreas, my my current coach, that he will do a good job, and you know, he was training Aris Merritt, the world record holder, and I knew this guy. Uh, has a plan and um, I'm very happy that, that that I yeah I put myself into like a little risk and um, switched or moved to America and and trained there it was very very cool so uh, the European system the European way of coaching compared to the American way is slightly different so you've experienced both sides if there was two things that you could take from the American system and sprinkle it onto the German system what would what would they be and why? Um, 
So first, so, you know, I, I don't know how, how other coaches in Germany um, train their athletes. I just know the coach yeah. who I trained. But I feel like too many German athletes, they do too much sprinting okay. on the track. In, in America and also Jamaica and South Africa, they do so much crest okay. crest runs, sprinting on the crest because it's it's too hard for the joints and for the body to okay. to train on the track wow, all year okay. long. Um, so that was definitely new for me, and it's and now I understand it because you you cannot you cannot push your body the yeah. whole year on the track. It's just not possible. You 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 will you will hurt yourself and. Um, then in just in general like when i was going to america there were actually like three coaches <laughs> so there was dan faff there was Stuart mcmillan and there was andreas Bame, and they all worked together and when three world-class coaches are working together and you know they 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 do like a good team job that's always advantage and especially in germany i feel like everybody's doing mm -hmm. their own thing without reaching to to somebody else and tell tell them you know i do that exercise and I, I that's my philosophy what's yours they they don't trade informations and um that would be very helpful in general in germany that um yeah the athletes get faster any time when you're competing when your confidence felt really really low and if there was if so how did you get out of that feeling Mm -hmm. like the bad feelings <laughs> i had many many not so good races um actually so most of the time when i was running very slow i knew why because i had just like injury problems i was often very very tired and my muscles were very sore or like my pelvic moved a little bit so I always knew, okay, I, I need to see a, a chiropractor and sometimes I just need like three, four weeks off to, to, um, yeah, to get recovered. So like I never raced badly and I was like completely healthy. Um, when I had these problems and running slow, I always knew my, my body cannot handle, um, the pressure of track and field or the pressure of curling. So I always went to my therapist i talked to, to my coaches you know what do you think what what went wrong and for me i actually i was maybe in the beginning i was disappointed a little bit but just like for maybe a week or maybe just sometimes two days and then i was always looking forward to to my training because when something is not working you have to check it out you know what's what, what went wrong what did we do wrong what did i do wrong and then I have to, to mm. find a solution for myself. And then I, I need to work for my next competition. Because as an athlete, you, you cannot run fast all the time. It's not possible. Not even Usain Bolt was running yeah. perfect in his whole life. There was many races. I remember he, when he did the fall start. Um, who are not, not very well. And you need, you need to have a good team around you who are positive And even on bad races who are telling telling you hey you had a bad race but just looking looking for the next race or we just train now for three weeks and then do another race or even if you like very bad and it's the end of the season they just tell you hey no worries we just start now with competing and we do a very good 
preseason and then we, we start again in in uh, in winter for indoor season for example so it's always you always have to think positive even on days your yeah your negativity is around you because you're so disappointed but i think it's okay to be sad and to be um tired and to just to be a little bit down but you you cannot be that long like super super um disappointed you have to look forward especially like after a couple couple days or maybe after a week you just have to to get focused on your next goal and not to to be sad about your last race never look back you always briefly mentioned a therapist what was the best piece of advice that um the therapist gave you um definitely definitely working working on my fascia so i always a guy who is very yeah. gets very tight fascia and there are a lot of lot good of good exercises uh, like uh, aldoa stretching for example yeah. that's a special fascia stretching i learned that in america that was definitely one of the best advices just to do this specific stretching every morning every night um to get a little looser and um it was helping a lot and and um then with this doing that over probably like like over and half a year maybe one year my body was much better responding to to the training and um that's that's very important that you're flexible and uh, this kind of stretching was helping me a lot yeah and did you have a therapist before you moved to america or was it that something that yeah actually yeah yeah um we're we have very good therapists in in um uh, in germany so i was always surrounded by very good therapists and but i always also checked out some some guys and said okay this guy is good i stay with him or this guy is not so good i maybe try to find somebody else and then like after a couple of years i just have um my places where i have to go you know when i need adjustment i go to this chiropractor if i have like uh, muscle problems i go to this guy okay so i'm very i'm very blessed with my my therapist team around around here in germany and the same in america yeah it's, and it's as athlete it's like super super important um to have good good therapy because your body cannot handle everything just with i don't know like resting or taking a bath you need professional professional help and uh, therapy is very very good like especially in this century it's like so much better than like even when i started yeah. And and um, I'm very happy that I have so so like talented, awesome therapists around me. Yeah. In regards to your, in regards to competitors, so that's one of the things that I always think about. Um, and I did ask this um to a previous guest. Do you? Is there any feeling? Um, when you are side by side with you know um some of the top. Or did your training, because you were training with some of the best, even in your discipline, did it almost ease off that pressure and kind of keep you more tunnel visioned? Uh, yes. I remember in the beginning, it was like very hard for me to run against world class athletes. I remember in my first international year, it was 2009, uh, I was invited to, to London, actually. Um, 
to do to compete there and uh, the guy next to me was the current world record holder uh darren robles mm. and i was like ah shit <laughs> and I, I had a terrible race <laughs> like probably i was too nervous i was just like he will just you know be doing his first two steps and i'm still in the blocks mm. <laughs> and yeah i didn't have have a good race but that's probably normal for a beginner yeah. especially for me when you start like on a on a very like lower stage and you like probably after three years you on the professional stage you're very nervous but um you get used to because you do more and more races and always good people are next to you and especially when i moved, moved yeah. to america and i was doing block starts with aries mary with the best hurdler ever on this planet then you Absolutely. you just don't care you just you're focused mm. and you're on 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 your track and you don't look left and right and it doesn't matter which athlete is next to you but especially for younger athletes there's definitely a challenge in uh, for for the mind yeah for the mindset and how much support was provided by your family um while you're competing from from the young age age when you start competing to all the way through your career 100 <laughs> percent. it's actually awesome my family loves sports in general yeah. they they watch track and field all the time yeah. um my dad was a gymnast and um he also played played soccer or football yeah. <laughs> and um, they they drove me like my whole life to the competitions like whole germany they went with me to the london olympics they yeah. they gave everything they have and they're supporting me so much and uh, that's that's a, a pleasure I, I i love my family and it's it's awesome when you know that uh yeah your family is 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 there in the stadium and they they they're nervous and they want that you win again and it it gives me so such a positive feeling yeah and i'm very thankful for that i want to talk about some of the events that you've competed at and um i really want you to to go back to the first major event representing your country that's a big 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 deal did you feel that burden or was it something that spurred you on? It was actually very cool. Um, like I said, my breakthrough was 2009. Um, I was running a very fast time on the first competition. So then I was directly invited to the European Team Championship. That was actually in um, Portugal. And um, with the first time, the German for the German uh, for Germany and um, in the German shirt, it was just very very cool, and I was actually running very good. Um, probably I could win <laughs> because at this race I was doing a technical mistake on hurdle eight, mm. but I was still um, getting third, and um, it was it was amazing, you know, because I never thought before that I will will compete for Germany, and then you you're there, and I was doing well, and everybody was happy about it. And we directly won the European team championship. So I was European champion in my first international year. And, you know, I got my medal and um, the national anthem was coming. <laughs> and uh, that was an amazing feeling. It was, it was very, very cool. Yeah, I, I will always remember that. And especially when you're young, you, you have this, like, this goosebumps because it's so new for you. You're so excited. Absolutely. And that's that's something you you don't forget. Yeah, that must have felt so surreal at the time. Yeah. 
that was yeah that was like crazy and it was also i'm a, I'm a guy an athlete who really likes to compete on warm warm weather and yeah. it had like 35 degrees wow. it was like super hot day on a really <laughs> fast track and yeah i was i was very happy and it, it's cool that that i was good at my first international race for germany so it was was definitely a pleasure for me and then that we directly won this team championship that was was very cool yeah i felt like i'm in, like on another planet yeah. <laughs> it was so so unreal for me and um yeah it was was thankful it was a great year what was the funding like what or what is the funding like for track and field athletes in germany because we've we've had some guests on in the uk and they have spoken and said of and spoken about how difficult it was it has been in terms of getting support um we've had american athletes and they although there is a a more robust and supportive system it's still very very difficult um to get you know the the upper end of lottery of um funding so yeah. what's it like in germany it's it's very difficult too so you have a couple opportunities you can be um a, like a sports soldier or you can be a police guy um then you definitely earn money but um you have to do like i think three or two months you have to do like work as a soldier or work as a police guy okay and at this time you cannot train as much as you normally mm. should so the system is cool but mm. also not so cool mm. I did it actually like two years and then I decided for myself I don't want to do this anymore because I totally sucked in this year because I couldn't train in winter like two months and then uh, I had injury problems because I didn't have the fitness I didn't have the strength um, so in general it's it's an okay option I think nowadays it's even a little bit better I think it's just like one month of social work that's not too bad but it's very difficult to get money in, in track and field. Um, the sponsorship, like with all big companies, is getting worse. Um, there are a couple of athletes who are earning good money, but um, probably like 80% of the national team don't earn much money. So it's definitely not easy. And um, you definitely have to think about when you just start in track and field, if you want to do that, because you probably will struggle with money and you know paying your bills paying your bills for therapy or your food. Um, for me, I always had uh, also financial support of my parents. Yeah. And um, I had like my first um, contract with my club was good too. So in the beginning, I had definitely um, like perfect condition to, to be professional. But in general, it's very difficult. And I feel like in the last 10 years, it's getting worse. And that's definitely that's definitely not cool and i i was often talking about that uh, on tv <laughs> actually very often um and i think i i'm just hoping that in general the german sport politics they do just more for olympic athletes it's it's pretty sad that only you know like mostly football player gets a lot of money millions and all other sports like gymnastics like um track and field they they don't get anything and dish I hope this there's someday there's a system that at least uh, track and field athlete or gymnastics or all Olympic athletes getting at least so much money that they can live with it and live from that money. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely not easy. 
And you know, the problem also is that track and field is not coming so often on TV. So there's not so many opportunities to, to earn money. And like the meets in Germany, they are okay. We have good international meets, but you don't get much <laughs> out of it, even if you're competing well. So it's, it's, it's hard, definitely hard. I think that's the sad thing. The sad thing about a lot of the Olympic sports is that you don't make much money out of it and you literally only do it because of the love of it. Unlike f football, you've got some people playing football who don't actually love football, but because they make so much money, they, they've chosen that career. And it's, it's sad that we have, we have Olympic sports where people are not making that much and they're just barely surviving yeah, to yeah, pay their bills. Yeah, yeah that's a, a big gap in between that. And um, I think in some countries it's okay it's it's better and in some countries are terrible and most countries are terrible and um yeah i was i'm just hoping like every olympics that maybe people like track and field and they said we want to see more track and field and um we will see how how it will develop i think now with the the COVID, it's it's even worse because you know clubs um didn't get much money because nobody was able to train or was allowed to train so it's it's definitely difficult and um every country needs needs solution for that because um in general people like olympics you know like everybody wants to see olympics but that olympic athletes don't earn money like nobody cares <laughs> and um if if there is no money there will be no athletes because you know they decided to do like a normal job instead of maybe like doing yeah. track and, and do like a half half job or something like that or they just focus on track and field and do something afterwards and um, I see it especially in my event in hurdling there are not many young athletes anymore who do that <laughs> because I think they're smart enough to say hey there's no money in track and field I have probably potential I can go maybe like to the Olympics or to world championships or European championships but if there's no money I don't want to risk it I want to start working and then I can I can you know, like have a good living instead of just struggling mm. through the journey of track and field. It's interesting because th that's my next question. If you had a young, talented athlete under your tutelage and they came to you and said, yes, I am one of the best in the country, but there's no money in it. What would you say to them to try and persuade them to stay on and continue in track um, and field? I would say it's not all about money. It's also it's also all about uh, you know growing as a person to have good people around you. Um, that's that's one one main thing, and to to be proud of yourself, you know, to to reach goals. Uh, so in, in, I think in track and field yeah. you learn a lot for your life and if athletes want to do that and want to even if they struggle sometimes with you know with goals or with money you still like I'm still very happy that I was I was choosing that because I think I grow as a person a lot and I learned so many different um, cultures so many different people from all over the world that I'm very thankful for that. And um, I think there's always an option to earn money in track and field. And nowadays uh, you can do a lot of stuff like, you know, Instagram, you can 
you can be on YouTube and show your training and maybe earn a little bit or you can founding some money. So, and you can also work as a part-time, part-time somewhere. That's often also, you know, athletes in America are doing it. You know, they work part-time in a probably in a sports store, some something like that, and then part-time to do track and field and earn a little bit of money in track and field. And I think the journey uh, is very, very important for your life because you learn so much about about everything, about mindset, about motivation, about how to push through something, you know, to learn how to to lose games or to lose races. And um, I think the growing, uh, growing your personality and, and change your personality and having good habits and be surrounded nice people that's definitely that's definitely one of the reasons why they should keep doing track and field so if someone was starting athletics now what are the three um words what three words would you say to them that they need to have in their in their makeup to be successful um so the three things first the passion they need to be they really so you have to 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 ask yourself do you want to do that do you want to reach that goal do you want to push yourself for the next maybe three four five years because sometimes you you just you just do do your sports and then after half a year yeah i'm not so good i quit now so you have to be able to do that over four or five years and then to see see how it goes so you need so much passion that you do that um you need to to be hard to yourself because especially track and field is a very hard sport um it hurts um it's it's very can be very painful in in a good way you know you have to race very very fast and you have to mm. lift very very heavy um and if you just say you know i want to do this a little bit yeah i like it it's okay you will not be successful you really want to do it you you need 100% passion and you need to be ready to go every single day. <laughs> and probably the third thing is, hmm, what else? Maybe you need to be looking up to people. It's very important that you say, hey, I like my event. Probably my I'm a 100 meter guy and I like Usain Bolt. <laughs> I like maybe Asafa Paul. I like like so many good peoples and are looking up to them. I hmm. um, watch a lot of videos from them, you know, on, on YouTube and Instagram and all the social media. You can watch hmm. you, <laughs> your entire life, um, good motivational videos and, and see hmm. how they train. And if you have somebody like that, yeah. for me, it was always like David Oliver, even <laughs> Aries Merritt, uh, I was looking up to. Hmm. And that was helping me to try to push because I knew, okay, this guy is pushing too, and he reached that crazy level. Let's see what, which level I can I can reach if I really put one hundred percent effort in it. That's yeah, that's that's very important. Having having the hero. I want to briefly um, touch on your weight loss series. So I was going through your Instagram, and one area or part one was mindset, and part four was fasting. Um, so can you briefly just talk about what was the rationale 
for starting the weight loss series and can you just talk a little bit about mindset and fasting and what and what they yeah. mean to you so i was always a skinny guy so my weight was always perfect <laughs> um so <laughs> in the beginning I, I didn't didn't know anything about weight loss um then uh i didn't know if you know i stopped track and field 2018 because i was injured and i thought you know yeah. <laughs> i want to i want to stop now i want to want to start working and i did this like around seven months and then i decided i want to go back <laughs> because i felt like i'm still fast <laughs> and uh it was working mm. afterwards i was i was winning the german champs 2020 and um so but i gained weight i gained five kilo <laughs> in in around a year and i was like okay i need to lose that weight because in, in hurdling or general sprinting you cannot be too heavy so i have to find yeah. the the ways to lose weight where we're fast so i don't have time I cannot experience what's working. It's just, it needs to be working directly. And um, so then, you know, for losing weight, the mindset is everything. And sometimes you have to be hungry <laughs> for sure, because you cannot eat too much and you need to work out. You have to burn more calories than you, uh, than you eat. And, yeah. and you need to, to, to be ready for it and i was i was checking my weight every day and yeah. um yeah now we go to fasting so i did intermittent fasting so that means i was eating breakfast at 12 um and my late night snack was probably around around eight so i had yeah around eight or sometimes seven i have always between like 12 to 14 hours with no eating so and i had two meals a day um two like big meals a day and so i did intermittent fasting in that in combination with like circuit training and a lot of hill sprints and grass runs that was actually the key for me to losing weight and then i i lost it i lost it in maybe like three months then i had my competition yeah. weight again it was hard and i also tried like crazy things like one meal a day only eating like a <laughs> yeah. big place in the evening and it was terrible because in my training i didn't have any energy but i i i wanted to mm -hmm. test it because i really need to lose weight fast and um actually intermittent fasting if you really want to lose weight and you will still want to train hard that was working very well yeah and um it's something I will always also put out on YouTube. You know, I started a YouTube channel just, just a couple of months ago. And I want to show my weight loss series because I think it's something uh, many people are struggling with. And I didn't know anything about it. So I was just testing. I was a, a testing dummy. <laughs> How, what was really <laughs> working? And I was pushing hard. And um, I think it's very interesting for athletes and also people who are just starting um, maybe with sports or want to lose weight. Uh, because it's definitely not easy and it's very challenging for the mind because you're tired <laughs> from working out you are hungry from working out but you're not allowed to eat so much so you have to be very 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 strong in your head to um yeah to do this thing over months to really lose the weight but for me i had my goal with coming back to to compete again and then it was all right. But the mindset of losing weight is actually crazy. It's 
actually sometimes more difficult than the mindset of competing because I just in general I hate being hungry. <laughs> you know, I I like exactly. to eat. Mm. I like to eat a lot, but um at this time I was eating so so less. And um but yeah, then then you know when you have your weight, you can eat a little bit more, still not like crazy, but you can eat a little bit more and then you're comfortable with it. But this first three, four months to really drop the weight is definitely very tough. Okay. My last question, if your career was to be turned into a Hollywood movie, what actor would play you and what would be the title of that movie? <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool question. <laughs> So actor Jason Stefan. <laughs> Interesting. Ah, <laughs> uh, now a title. Um, I don't know. Trying to reach the skyline, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, 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 ne never stop believing, something like that. Because yeah, like my. You know, every athlete is telling, you know, my story is special. But I think my story is very special because there are not so many athletes who didn't train much until they're 18. You know, normally when they're 18, they're directly on an excellent level. They compete at youth yeah. world championships. And when I was 18, I was a skinny guy who didn't run. <laughs> so <laughs> like a little bit. And um, then like, five years to to really push yourself and then to directly reach the international level that was very very crazy and my my head was was going nuts and i was so surprised and happy and like all those feelings around you you really have to be careful of what's going so crazy and so excited yeah. and in track and field it's also good that you stay a little calm and you know just thinking by day by day and not get too excited but yeah it's it's like uh it's actually like a little bit of Hollywood movie, <laughs> my life in, in the beginning. But then I got used to being like a good hurdler and I just try to get better and better. Still, <laughs> I'm still trying to get better day by day. Okay, thank you very much. Um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, um, what are the ways that they can contact you, Matthias? Uh, best way, I think, is on Instagram. So. Okay. I think my name, they showed my name, a hurdle addict. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's my, that's my nickname. And yeah, they can, they can talk to me. I, I actually, I respond to every, every message on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. That was a really, really, really interesting conversation. Really, really got a lot from it. Um, the last thing you said was just perfect. You are still learning. And I think that's something for all our listeners to really take is the fact that no matter how good you become as long as you are continuing and have that hunger and first to um learn and be better you will always reach um new heights so yeah that was something that i really enjoyed that was a great way to kind of end it so yeah um Matthias, honestly that was such a good 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 conversation we thank you very much for coming on and accepting this invitation um we we would love to have you on sometime soon and hopefully honestly hopefully 
post COVID and when we get back to some normality and if you're still competing and if we can, you know, reach an event that you are actually competing at, it would be so great to, to meet you in person. That That'd would be, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be so, 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 so good. So yeah. Um, hopefully that happens. All right, guys, if you are a new listener, welcome aboard. If you are a regular listener, thank you and continue to share until next time guys stay blessed i even forgot my motto guys oh, what is it? what is it ed i can't even remember it stay is it stay blessed peace and blessings i can't even remember yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that guys and we're gonna keep this we're actually gonna keep this in as well we can we all make mistakes that's it's all part of being um it's all part of a growth mindset so yeah when no one's perfect but until next time guys stay safe stay healthy i think that's it ed yeah. <laughs> <laughs>